0: Before we get into today's episode, I wanna give a quick shout out to one of our listeners, Lawrence Wilton, who left us an awesome five-star review the other week. Here's what Lawrence said. The information is provided in a quick hitter, easily digestible manner. The episode on turning your greatest challenge into a strength hit home for my business. Keep churning out awesome content, Chris from Lawrence. Thank you, Lawrence. I appreciate you being a fan of the show. I love hearing what episodes resonate with all of you. So if anyone listening finds value in this podcast and you haven't left us a rating or review, please do that. It definitely helps others discover the show. And if you want to provide any feedback for the podcast or just drop me a question that you want answered, hit me up on LinkedIn. You can send a text, you can voice message on there. I would love to hear from you and I'll answer your questions in a future episode. All right, Let's get back to today's topic.
1: And it struck a chord with me when she spoke to the fact that like, when you compete as a commodity, competition matters, right? Mm -hmm. Of course, competition matters when you are a commodity, but when you decommoditize your product by elevating yourself to build for a mission or a social movement, you are now aligned with your competition to continue just raising the bar. And it's not a conflict to have competition. It's like you are, it's the rising tide lifting all ships if it matters for the movement.
0: Hey, what's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Organized Chaos Live. Thank you for joining me on this Friday morning. This is going to be a fun one. Today's discussion all about recapping our incredible annual small business event that we do, Playbook. So this year, Playbook 2022 was epic. We had something like 5,000 virtual people signed up, registered for this event, and this was the third time that we've done this event. So as always, we put together incredible speakers, and this lineup and consisted of uh, Seth Godin, Allison and Wes Felix of Seiche, uh, Montel Jordan, and tons and tons more. And so what we're going to do today is kind of just casually break it down. Talk about the behind the scenes, talk about the biggest takeaways from those speakers from the host of the event who put it on me and my brother Jonathan. So joining me today is Jonathan Ronzio. He's Trainual's CMO. As I mentioned, he's my brother, known him for a long time, and he was the co-host of the event. So the two of us were lucky enough to be on stage together, having a lot of fun, talking to some incredible guests, and we're going to break it down for all of you here this morning. What's up, Chris? Hey, what's up, brother? How are you?
1: I'm doing good. It's uh, it's Friday, it's night, it's a beautiful fall day out here in Boston. I'm gearing up for a, a hell of a weekend. We'll get into that. I know both of us are gonna be out at the beginning of next week and we can talk about that in a minute too. Um, how are you?
0: I'm good. I'm excited. I was just gonna say, I wanna, I wanna talk about your weekend that you're about to have here because it's a pretty crazy adventure. You know, For anybody that has seen my book or, or heard about our core values, one of them is collect experiences. And I think Jonathan was like the originator of collect experiences because the, the stuff you do is crazy. And, and I know I've gotten into some of these adventures, but what's, what's your weekend plan all about?
1: Uh, so Sunday I'm, I'm flying out to Phoenix and then driving up to uh, the to Grand Canyon and uh, bright and early, probably somewhere around like 3 or 4 a.m. on Monday morning, um, heading out with two friends to do the rim to rim to rim run. Of the Grand Canyon, starting on the South Rim, running to the North Rim and back, uh, which is roughly 50 miles, uh, maybe just under, but, but we might try to just hit the 50 mark anyway. Um, so it's a 50 mile run we're going to try and do across the Grand Canyon and back, uh, on Monday. Um, hopefully takes about 12 hours, maybe a little longer. Um, some crazy elevation gain, obviously starting on the rim, going down, up, down, up. It's, it'll be a, a pretty intense little adventure. So,
0: for people that are in Arizona, which I'm sure is some of the people listening, you've heard of Rim to Rim or Rim to Rim to Rim. Like it's a it's a typical Arizona kind of crazy adventure, but anyone that lives outside of the United States or anywhere around the country here um, may not even her- have heard of this because it is a grueling challenge. Like if, if you've ever seen pictures of the Grand Canyon, you know how vast it is and how crazy it is and so even just like hiking to the bottom you know a lot of people ride on on uh on donkeys or mules or whatever you know to to make that journey you're running down you're running up you're running back down you're running back up it's like it, it's pretty insane so Jonathan when he was coming here uh, planning this trip with his friends he reached out and he's like hey you should do this <laughs> with us I was a like, clear no like no thank you uh I, I I've got other things I'm I'm planning for I'm training for but but that's not one of them but so that's that's what I'm doing Monday and where are you going Monday so Monday I'm going to Uh, san diego for uh, another series of like medical tests so i don't know if we've ever ever done an episode about this about like being really proactive about your health and so so nothing's wrong but coming into this year i wanted to do um, almost like a, an executive physical t- to the max. Like I wanted to screen and make sure that I have nothing going on in my body that I need to be worried about. I have no early markers of anything. And so I found this place out in San Diego that does um, a whole, uh, they map your entire genome, your whole DNA by taking blood. They test for like every illness and disease you could possibly have. They do full body MRI scans where they can detect, you know, anything uh, that's not supposed to be there down to like the tip of a pencil, like a dot if you put a dot of pencil on paper. Uh, and so it really gave me the peace of mind that, you know, I'm, I'm good health wise, but then you go on a recurring basis to just monitor your blood work and make sure that none of your levels are changing or make sure that you know, your body composition and everything is is where it's supposed to be. And so um, it's, it's definitely an investment, but it's a proactive investment because I think if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. And so, uh, so that's what I'm doing Monday. I'll be working remote out there and, uh, and doing blood work in between meetings. I, I'm going to need one of those probably
1: after the interim interim, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but you no, should no, not do it after yeah. because your, your levels will be all over the place. Insane. Right. Well, I, I wanted to bring both of those things up because um, one of my favorite quotes from Playbook was on day two uh, when I was interviewing our friend Montel Jordan. Um, he spoke about learning to prioritize, not balance, right? Mm. And and even like in the in the intro to Organize Chaos, I, I heard it because I was tuned in on it. But like you talk about adding professional and personal life, and like all these things that come and for for entrepreneurs and small business leaders, right? Like balance is a a, a big topic of conversation and something that a lot of us struggle with. Um, and so this was like one, uh, insane, insightful nugget from Hmm. label was talking to Montel and him saying like, there is no such thing as balance, right? Because like, how do you actually, by, by saying that you're balancing your wife with your, um, with your work or your kids with your faith or whatever it might be, you are innately at one point in time. Um, going to do disservice to the other and really like his way or the way he preached it was that it's about prioritization and just understanding like uh, looking more vertically about like what are the priorities in your life and that allows you to assign different attention and time and energy and resources in your life based on prioritization versus a a seesaw in in the way that we often think about balance and the things that we're doing on Monday are, are definitely like you know stack ranked in our our own prioritization of our lives and how we approach trainual, how we approach family how we approach health how we approach relationships physical um you know challenges all of that yeah and
0: and last weekend so i'll share this too um i posted about this on instagram for anyone on there but i took my son on this three week uh sorry three day crazy adventure and this is something i had planned for over a year Um, but we flew out to, uh, like the woods in Pennsylvania. It was like an hour and a half South of Pittsburgh for anyone uh, in the East. And we went to this incredible resort and there was everything from like, you know, rock climbing and whitewater rafting and archery and, and flashlight tag at night with some other kids and, uh, you know, arts and crafts and a dirt soapbox Derby and like so much fun, so many memories. Um, but the reason I was able to make that happen was because it was on the calendar a year ago, I booked that a year ago. And so to to me, these balance things that we do are because we plan proactively for them. Like you, you can't just you know, look at next week and say, how do I put some balance into my life next week? Because for most of us, our calendars fill up, like you've got whatever project you're working on, or whatever deadline or due date is looming. And if you've got a big task list, it's hard to say, "Oh, I'm gonna take tomorrow morning off, you know, but like, when you've got those blocks on your calendar to say, Oh, this day, I'm out of town, or this day, um, I'm doing a spa day, like whatever, it's a local You know, I'm doing a staycation. I need, you know, mental health or I'm I'm going to read a whole book. You know, those are amazing days, but you don't just find those in your schedule. You have to be proactive about putting them there.
1: Yeah. Um, you, you talked about how, like I (laughs) jokingly was the originator of the collect experiences thing because of like pre-trainual, I was just traveling the world, climbing and doing crazy stuff all the time. Um, and, and that was something I had to reprioritize right? Like as the business scaled and as attention needed to be put towards some of what we were doing to scale it. Um, and at the same time, like uh, through the course of the, the past six years of, you know, getting married and buying a house and now eight months ago, having my uh, a son and like, I, I've got two dogs and a cat and like, through all this thing, all these things just snowball in your life. You always have more things to take on and more responsibilities. Um, But you are successful with what you put attention to, right? And if you don't do something, people say, I wish I could do that. I wish I could do that. If you're not doing it, it's because it's not a priority, right? So it would be, it would have been easy to not proactively put something like an ultra run across the Grand Canyon on my calendar, right? That's like, that takes a lot of time to train for and to like get into the schedule. But at the same time, I know that I value that in my life and I can't live my life without some sort of epic adventure on like an every three to six month basis. And so I put the time in and make sure that it, it does not fall in, you know, outside of being a priority for how I stack my time.
0: Yeah. Show me your calendar and I'll show you your priorities. Like Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's That's what it's about. So, um, all right. Well, collect experiences isn't just about ultra marathons and whatever, you know, it's in, in the consulting business before train, you is where the value actually originated and experiences were those kind of things, but experiences were also, you know, just traveling to other countries or going to new restaurants or going to conferences, learning things you've never learned before. And, and I think that's what we try to help other people do with playbook. So coming back to playbook, you know, it was an experience, it is a two day thing where people carved out time on their calendars, because they want to spend time learning and growing. And so anybody that's listening that was already there, like, you're you get it, you're doing this, you were learning. And so I wanted to do this episode really just for us to talk about, you know, behind the scenes, like, what is this event like? putting this together, maybe we start there and then let's go through the speakers because since you and I kind of alternated interviews throughout yeah. the whole day, the thing that probably a lot of people don't know is that we don't really get to see each other's interviews live because we're prepping in a different room for our next interview. And so I would love to hear your takeaways from your sessions and I'll, I'll share mine from my sessions. Um, but let's start with behind the scenes. So how do, how do we even
1: pull this thing off? Um, months and months and months of work and uh an incredible team uh it takes it takes an incredible team to actually pull this off i mean the way that we do it is it feels simple when you tune in because it's literally just zoom right we just send out a zoom link and it's just like hop on tune in but it's more than just jumping on a webcam and having like a live podcast conversation like we we want it to feel um bigger than that right and that's why we have this studio space that we go to, um, shout out to our friends at Design Pickle uh, out there in, in Scottsdale who let us use their their warehouse and all their different spaces to do the live stream. We, we build a set, um, you know, our video producer was, was like working on building that actual set, getting uh, this whole thing painted uh, our brand color and building that sign uh, and setting up this space that would be like the the home base for you and I to conduct the interviews together. But then we've got our satellite studios um, where we we had just big uh backgrounds printed and, and set up tons of lights we had uh what were a crew of four people actually running the live stream on site but um yeah i don't i don't know where you want to dig into first but it was it was about seven months of pre-planning to bring the two days to life to get speakers to build the site to build the brand all of that
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So when when did the speaker outreach start? It was six or seven months earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So so this is something that, you know, we joked as soon as the event ended with, uh, you know, Becky, who's kind of ran the event. We we joked with her that, like, you know, the next week she starts planning for for the next one, Um, because it is a long time of reaching out to speakers and curating, you know, who who are going to be the right speakers, the right stories that strike a. Uh, a chord with like this small business audience that, you know, because it's not just, it's not just any kind of success story. Um, it's, it's people that care about people and operations and their culture and have, you know, built something that is well-organized as it's scaling. And they've learned how to do partnerships or learned how to leverage their brand and connections. And we try to infuse a lot of these different uh, elements into the event. And, uh, and so I, I think Becky does an amazing job. So shout out, shout out to her. Sure. Um, yeah. should we also tease the, the idea of, of, uh, of next of next year being a little different? I mean, maybe like, but we're not teasing that yet.
1: We we we're toying with the idea of doing like an in-person component, still a hybrid event, a live stream, but having an in-person audience. Um, yeah. but it, this is very, uh, early in the very, conference. very, very early. So but yeah.
0: if you're listening to this, if you're on LinkedIn listening live, if you're on the podcast listening after, I want to hear from you send a message if you have any interest at all in getting together with other attendees in person, because we may do like a sliver of this event that is in person, This it'll still av- be available for free around the world live stream, whatever. But we may have some kind of like bonus you know, content or something that happens live in Arizona. So, uh, if you're interested in that, yeah, let, let us it. know because this this could be like kind of a a, a focus group.
1: But I, I think that the playbook event is also representative of like our POV of what a playbook is because <clears throat> a lot of playbook is like a buzzword in a lot of blog titles and a lot of like content out there that is representative of like the how to, right? And, um, and people kind of use it interchangeably in a lot of ways with like a a playbook being like a, a guide or a process. And, um, and we definitely have a larger POV on, on the business playbook. Yes. Uh, stemming from, from your book, Chris, but also like wanting it to not just be this one singular thing, like here's the playbook for X, right? It's like. A business playbook if you tune into the event you're going to get everything like about sales and about marketing and about operations and about culture and about people and so the event in and of itself how we curate the content and build the sessions and get the speakers it's to represent all of those elements and not just be about yeah. one thing but be the holistic picture of like actionable takeaways for all the aspects of your business and, and scaling better
0: yeah Shout out to Ross in the chat who says he'd attend in person. Amazing. We've already got one. So now now there's at least three of us there alive. So we'll, we'll see what happens. All right. Uh, do you want to get into into the content? So behind the scenes, you already mentioned, we you know, we set up in this studio, we've got people, you know, several cameras and several rooms in the studio live streaming, we've got our run of show notes that have, you know, all the guests that we're going to be talking to with some starter questions, We're also trying to get questions from the audience in the chat live. Uh, because most of these things are set up as q and right, they're just very organic conversations. It's not uh, it, it's not like any kind of keynote or presentation. So we really don't know what to expect, you know, when we get on the, on the, the chat with some people, um, but our first was Allison and Wes Felix and what a way to start. So for anyone that doesn't know Allison's story, she is the most decorated track and field Olympian of all time. Uh, if you go go Google her name, if if you don't recognize it, and you'll remember pictures of her running across the finish line and just collecting gold medals like crazy. Um, she has something like twenty seven medals across all of her, you know, Olympics and World Championships and things like that. And so she was an athlete that was sponsored by Nike. Uh, But when she decided to get pregnant and have a child, uh, the sponsorship went on kind of a hiatus. And I guess that's how it used to work in, you know, sponsorships. And she, you know, brought this to the public sphere and said, you know, this, it feels like this shouldn't be okay. And in doing so, she decided, made this huge decision with her brother that she wanted to start her own brand of shoes and like sponsor herself. And so she created this shoe, Saysh, S-A-Y-S-H, really cool shoes that are made specifically for women. And what blew my mind during this interview is they're explaining, her and Wes are explaining how the mold for for shoes, for for what we see as women's shoes when you walk into a, a Foot Locker or Dick's or whatever, the, the women's shoes are just different colors and sizes. It's a label and some colors. That's all that makes it different from a a men's shoe. They're made from the same exact mold, but women's feet are actually pretty different. Mm -hmm. And so when they discovered this, they were like, let's make the first ever (laughs) women's shoe. And that was baked into their, their DNA as a company to say, how do we build this business for women, for supporting women? Such a cool story. Like I, I learned a lot
1: in that. Mm -hmm. I think there's a couple things there, right? It's like, as just a simple takeaway for everybody, who are you building for? And where is the white space and the opportunity of what is like, how are they not being served best, right? If you're making shoes for women, it seems so obvious. It's like, use a a mold of a woman's foot to make shoes for women. Great. Nobody's doing that. Do that. Where else, uh, across any business opportunities and any markets and any industries, any personas like are, are the true buyer persona not being authentically represented. Yeah right. Like that so that's just one. And then the other is is around um they have a movement, right? It's a it's a it's a mission in that company. It's not just sell women's shoes. Like and this was the, the same with uh with the giving keys. This is the same with Little Spoon. Even Ali uh, Webb from Drybar was talking about this. She was saying like we're not selling blowouts. We're selling what was it happiness and confidence and self-care. Right. And Sage is is selling the like progression of, of women's equality and that movement. And, um, and it struck a chord with me when she spoke to the fact that like, when you compete as a commodity competition matters, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, competition matters when you are a commodity, but when you. de your product by elevating yourself to build for a mission or a social movement, you are now aligned with your competition to continue just raising the bar, right? And it's not a conflict to have competition. It's like you are, it's the rising tide lifting all ships if it matters for the movement.
0: Yeah, and having a a clear, a really clear mission like they do makes it easier to to be innovative and come up with other suggestions. Like they've got that uh, maternity refund policy, which is incredible. It's during pregnancy and even after uh, after a woman has the child a lot of times their foot size can change by half size or something like that and so recognizing this from their community they came up with this policy that said if you own a pair of say shoes you can send them back to us and we'll send you a replacement in your new size it doesn't matter how old they are just will replace them for you. But that's the kind of thing that you don't just make up you do it because you're so bought into the community and the mission. And it you know, there were just like so many examples like that, that I think any business can learn from how do you double down on your community, and really dedicate yourself to innovating in ways that your competitors wouldn't even dream of, yeah. because you know, your audience, you know, I love that I was thinking about
1: that for, you know, the
0: last couple of weeks for us.
1: I, and I also can't ignore, I mean, because we started this conversation, obviously talking about this like g- giant athletic challenge that I have ahead. Um, I, I, can't ignore the fact that like we hit some parallels between, uh, Allison's athletic career and building business and for her as an Olympic athlete, right. She made that comment. She was like, you've got four years of training that lead to 21 seconds of a chance, right? And, and if that's not long-term commitment and drive, I don't know what is right. And so, um, I guess I, my takeaway from that is just like, uh, yes, there's tons of podcasts and books and, and things out there about like all the hacks in building business, but we know there's no real hacks. It's just, you have to put in the work, you have to be consistent and you have to be dedicated about what you are doing and what you are building. And if, if you're trying to hack it, if you're looking for that short-term overnight win, like you, you've got the wrong focus. That's yeah. not how you that's not how you get the gold
0: yeah totally I, and and there were some really cool nuggets about strategic planning and how that relates to four years so if you haven't for listening and you haven't heard the full version check it out on youtube go listen to allison and wes talk about this because there was so much in there and i love the running parallel with running yeah. a business because when you run you get out of breath right like it's hard it takes a toll on your body and running a business is not easy it's hard but you can train for it you can condition yourself for it and you can be great at it and uh and that was an awesome session so um what's up pam in the chat happy to share that story and to our friend in british columbia vancouver one of my favorite cities uh really cool thanks for joining us today all right jonathan let's move into the giving keys i actually uh my are you wearing your key i I, I raced out of the house this morning and today's like the first day I haven't had it on. Yeah, I've got it. Talk
1: what's, what's the key? Can you explain this? So it says train. Uh, so, so the giving keys, yes. Um, this Caitlin started this, uh, well, she actually just started making them herself, um, and she was just like taking these old keys and making jewelry out of it and carving inspirational messages, like hope and love and believe and things and wearing them for herself as, as inspiration and motivation for what she needed to get through tough times in her life and also giving them to friends and family and people love them. Um, and then she, she saw a larger opportunity and this double clicks on like having a mission, right? And so Caitlin actually used the giving keys as a way to start tackling homelessness and helping um, people transition out of homelessness. And so it became, um, you know, she met a, a homeless couple who ended up being the first people that would like start making the keys. And, uh, and so the, the pay it forward mission was rooted in helping people get out of homelessness. And then the giving part of the giving keys is because like right now I'm wearing this key and it says train, right? Because I'm training for some big things. The rim to rim to rim, the train Iron well, Ironman at the end of the year, um, the marathon in Antarctica in, uh, in March. And yet when I feel like I have fulfilled the train, um, mentality that I don't need that to inspire me anymore. I'm meant to give that key to somebody else who might need it, who might need to take that to inspire their training. Um, and if it didn't say train, if it said love or hope or or tr- courage, um, that's the whole point: is to give it to somebody, uh, give it to somebody else to pay it forward. It's really an amazing, authentic business, and and I, I love the uh, the product too.
0: I loved it too. So I, I, you remember, we were like sitting on my couch at my house and and just talk planning for the 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 uh, interviews. And as we're going through and learning her story, I went onto the website and bought a bunch of them for, you know, me and you and a couple of our friends that are training for this big event. And, uh, and then as we're doing the interview, I realized there's like a promo code to save 20% or something. And so if anyone's interested in this, go watch the full interview with her because you can actually get one for, for a lot less than what I paid. Um, but they're yeah. super cool. And you know, what's fun is it kind of like, you know, jingles a little bit as you're walking around and it's a constant reminder through the day of the phrase that's on there, and uh, and and I love having that little token. It's actually kind of a, a throwback to um, the the um, uh, gosh, I'm, I'm I'm trying to remember the episode. It was Todd, uh, the um, the book that is like when you when you put on a token like that.
1: Oh yeah, uh, the alter the alter
0: ego alter ego alter ego yeah. Um, so the past episode of organized chaos, but that, that message in that book is like, sometimes you wear this token or you put on something, a b- bracelet, a watch, whatever, and you take on the characteristics of this like alter ego and you can perform at a higher level. And so I think that the keys, the giving keys have a little bit of that aspect too, which is pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, it, that's ultimately just about like, again, building a community around a brand with a mission. Like that's, that's how you find your people. People can smell what your motives are, right? They'll know what you're trying to do. And she found the people that, that need her most. Right, right.
0: Okay, so I think we broke for lunch, then we came back and had or maybe this was before lunch, we had uh, Mignon and Natalie. Uh, So Mignon Francois, Natalie Dow. So Natalie uh, is with Liquid Death, the water company, which is such a crazy brand. And Mignon uh, is in the cupcake business. So you you were interviewing them. What, What stood out to you about this one?
1: Um, so yeah, Natalie was employee number two at Liquid Death, and kind of wore every hat along their scaling journey over the last few years. They absolutely blew up through COVID, and I'm sure you've yeah you know people tuning in have seen people drinking sparkling water that looks like beer. That's Liquid Death. Um,
0: I saw but, it at a concert uh, recently, and everybody's carrying around the the can of Liquid Death like it's
1: a tall you know big yeah. beer you'd get at a sports game. It's so funny. Yeah. Um the, the biggest thing that stood out, I mean, so many amazing takeaways. Again, all these are on LinkedIn or not LinkedIn on uh, YouTube. So go and watch them. But the biggest thing that, that pops into my head, Natalie said, um, you can teach a skill set, but you can't teach passion. She was talking about how they built their team and their hiring process and what they're looking for in in um new employees. And that's like a non-negotiable is like you you can teach any skill set, but you can't teach passion. And that's um it comes through in their brand. It's like, it's a very passionate brand and it's made by very passionate people
0: yeah and and it was fun to see them play off of each other you know both being in the like consumer product space which you know if if you're a business that is software like ours then consumer products is so interesting and if you're in a service business that you know is is you know selling time like an agency then you know saas a lot of times is interesting and you can learn a lot from exploring different types of businesses and how those things apply to you. That's why I loved consulting so much under, you know, before trainual was, you know, what you could learn from being working with an electrical contractor or a medical office or a uh, retail store, you know, you get these little nuggets that are like, Oh, we could use that in our business, but it's not typical in our industry. And yeah. so it's, it was fun to hear, you know, some kind of product hacks. It, it kind of reminded me a little bit of the Bomba Socks interview from our last uh, last year playbook. So that that was a good one, too.
1: That's like, when's the last time you you like really combed over a resume versus just like had a conversation about somebody's experience? And I feel like mm-hmm. that matters more and more these days. I guess back to experiences, right? But um, But that's where passion comes from and then uh, Mignon uh, I loved her take on it often feels like a conflict to like build a, a really really great like kind compassionate culture versus like build a, um, a a company that's like really sharp on performance management and able to have the hard conversations right those a lot of times feel in conflict it's why um, it's why radical candor is an awesome book and people should read that but uh, Mignon's answer on how she thinks about that is to be clear is to be kind. Mm. Right. And that's, it's it's so true. It's just like, yes. Okay. To be clear is to be kind, like not dance around if somebody is like not performing as they should, but like, let, let them know and be clear. That's not being a jerk. That's being, that's, that's helping them. And that helps create a better culture.
0: Yeah. And I think that clarity equals kindness proliferates throughout your business in a lot of ways. Like, I I think I posted on LinkedIn yesterday or two days ago about us communicating our specific financials and cash position and whatever, as it relates to the market and a lot of companies doing hiring freezes or layoffs. The clarity is what builds trust, and it's kind, it's actually like nice of you to build some clarity with your people. And, and I think that relates to job expectations, it relates to performance, it relates to so many things. It's, you know, when when you're not clear, uh, when you're confusing, you leave a lot of room for interpretation and people can make up their own problems or make up their own issues. And so that that kind kind clear is kind. I love that thread. Alright, so so then we went into one of my favorites of the of the. I mean, I guess they're they're all great, but uh <laughs> I was so excited to talk to Jason, Jason Freed from uh, Basecamp 37 Signals. Hey, um I've followed his stuff for a long time. He he's got a his newest book, it doesn't have to be crazy at work. Um, if you're a podcast listener here at Organized Chaos, you heard me interview DHH, his co-founder, partner. And that interview, we could have talked for a week. There was I'm, so much to cover. I'm you're obsessed holding up,
1: with this book. Yeah. I'm obsessed rework. with Yeah. So, so, Jonathan,
0: if, if you're listening to the audio, he's holding up rework same. I read that back in I think it was 2010 or something when it came out. And it's just such a practical, like, duh, way of doing business, you know, like, that's what I found myself as I'm reading through that, that book specifically is more like, you know, it's like a picture every three pages, you know, an, an illustration and a phrase that you'd want to quote that you'd want to like put on your wall in the office. Um, it, it was so foundational for me in running my first business. And so, so yeah, I've followed these guys over the years. And there's a lot of things that I think Basecamp has done differently. And they've kind of, you know, whenever the market zigs, they zag, you know, like whenever uh, everybody's, you know, charging uh, per user or something for years and years and years they just had flat rate pricing like 99 bucks, unlimited users, whatever, just use our tool. You know, everybody's raising money. They said, Nope, we're never going to raise money. We're just going to bootstrap it. Everyone's hiring 500 employees. They said, Nope, we can do this with 40 people spread around the world. Everybody's in a headquarters. They're remote. Everybody's, you know, like so many decisions that they've made have been counterintuitive and contrarian. And it makes you, challenge the way that you're thinking about running your own business. And so right or wrong, agree or disagree with how they're doing things. I think the challenge is what's important because not everything they're doing. I, I don't agree with every single thing they're doing. Um, I, I'm going to run my business how I run it. But they're prompting so many interesting conversations. That's what I loved about it. And so just so happened that like, Twelve hours before I'm interviewing Jason, they roll out Basecamp Four quietly, very quietly, and didn't even promote it much. But if you went to their website, their pricing changed, their product changed, their website changed, everything changed. And so, in the hours leading up to this interview, we're like pouring over their website and trying yeah. to figure it out. And he kind of did like a little bit of an unveil or, or release, and so that's fun to watch. If anyone There's goes,
1: the, yeah, the, the first public place that he talked about Basecamp Four
0: yeah which is really cool um another thing that he said that is just one of one of their principles that i love is talking about how how much the owner's word weighs that the owner's word weighs a ton and i'm sure you feel this jonathan as a you know partner co-founder here the when you say something in a meeting or when you uh you know just offhand, make some comment, the people on our teams can take that to mean like, Oh, drop everything else. This is the thing Chris cares about. Yeah. And the same has happened to me when like, I I used to get emails, and I'd see an email kind of a cold email and think "Oh, it's, you know, kind of interesting, like this is in whoever's domain, and I would forward it to them. And then the next thing you know, they're like, setting up demos and getting proposals and coming back to me and be like, yeah, we can use this service. And it's uh, $32,000. And you just need to like sign this contract. And I'm like, hold up. What? Like, how did we even get here? And they're like, Oh, you sent me that email. I figured you wanted this done. And when you think about that simple example, like how many times does that happen in a business with just the owner coming in or the, you know, a leader coming in and, and saying something that lacks clarity back to our last point to their team. Uh, it was a great lesson, a great conversation. We had about that with Jason, how specific you need yeah. to be about, you know, not derailing your team when you're the leader.
1: And not just, not just a, from a standpoint of the work being done, but also how you work, right? Like you're setting an example whether you want to or not, how you work, when you work, the ways you show up, that is setting an example to anybody beneath, like below you in the organization, and they're gonna think that's how they need to show up. That's how they'll be expected to work, whether you want to or not, right? It's like you hear people become a celebrity and they're like, well, I never, never wanted to be a role model. It's like, well, you have to be conscious of your influence. Yeah. Eyes and attention are on you and you are influencing people whether you intend to or not.
0: Right. Yeah so the the conversation with Jason was fun. It was very rooted in in company culture and just how you run your business. You know the the newest book that it doesn't have to be crazy at work is you hear so many people say when you ask them like hey how are things going at work it's like oh it's crazy you know things are so busy it's crazy. And the idea of this book is like, you know, it, it doesn't have to be that way. Like you can actually focus and, you know, work 40 hours and have realistic growth expectations. And like, you don't have to self-impose so much pressure and stress the heck out of everybody. Right. Um, so it, it's a, it's a really cool philosophy around running business. Definitely check that out. If, if that's something you're focused on. All right.
1: We went to uh, little spoon.
0: Little spoon. Yeah. So talk us through this one. So Lisa Barnett. And you have some personal experience with, yeah, right?
1: Yeah, uh, so my son Chase um, eats Little Spoon. We've got the smoothies and, and the little purees and stuff that we get on a shipment every two weeks. And that's that's the model, is that like, um, Lisa saw a gap in the baby food market of like the standard out there is these processed uh, shelf stable foods, non-refrigerated foods that are just out there that everyone's getting in these jars, right? And she was like, I wanna make just real, real food that you actually have to refrigerate that like, it, it right. That it comes uh, every two weeks in a freezer pack and you put it in there in the fridge and it's like, it, it, it goes on this plan of like how you introduce like a certain amount of foods and what types of foods um, to, to your child. And, and it's just real stuff. And uh, and so we, we started using it. Chase loves it. Um, we love the brand. And, and so we had an awesome conversation with, uh, with Lisa, just about like that, um kind of how they they brought it to life and Lisa has a unique background coming from venture capital she's uh, she's sharp she knows how to build a business plan and and also like if you listen to that session it's a masterclass in performance marketing as well we kind of at the end go pretty deep into like their acquisition channels the way they're using influencers the way, like their their CAC to LTV on on certain paid uh, performance areas and what's working and not um but at at its heart how they scaled was um customer referrals it was getting mm. the community to be your biggest marketing engine because parents talk and they knew that it's like, and, and I, I know this, Alex, my wife just started a Substack because she's got like all her friends that are, that are actually like hitting her up because they're starting to have babies or think about families. And they're like, well, what'd you pack for your hospital bag? And like, what did you start uh, feeding chase and what bottles do you use? And now she's trying to just share information that she's finding because it's helpful to her. It, there is like nothing but the most virality inside of the mom and general parental community. And Lisa capitalized on that with a great product um, to build more, again, a, a social movement around uh, baby food.
0: I don't know if this exists, but as you were saying that, I was thinking about how when we had you know our kids, both times going to the hospital, like packing that, like go bag, you know, when it's time yeah. is a, is a real thing. And so you, you get the bag and you get the like, whatever the, the first outfit and blankets and this and that. And is anybody selling like a pre-packaged go bag? Go bag. Yeah. Like why, why not just have like an all in one, you know, here's your baby kit, you know, rather than have to assemble it all.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. That's that's literally the first post Alex wrote on her uh, her Substack, which is called Babies Don't Come with a Manual. Um, I love but it, <laughs> but, um, but they could,
0: and she should be writing it in training public using our public share feature. Uh, I know that's not really what it's for, but um, I know uh, I I just think there's 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 opportunity there. So, all right, but the the one of the key themes you got into with Lisa was kind of referral marketing, right? Because yeah. when you Uh, when you've got something that's so different, you know, refrigerated baby food, real food that expires, whatever. If people like it, like you, like Alex, you're telling other people. And so how is that like a flywheel? What was she saying about that?
1: Um, So they they initially got it going with some good SEO, their foundational posts, they went into the communities, they wrote some stuff themselves. And, uh, and just by by starting to actually like write about their philosophy and write about what they were trying to build and do and their product and what it stood for, um, that just got picked up and shared in, you know, across mom blogs and parent communities and all those different uh, channels. And they just leaned into it. They found their influencers. They figured out who has the, the ear of, of new parents. Right. And Mm -hmm. they went, went big there. And then they got, um, this, this even surfaced when, when, uh, in a pre-call with Seth Godin, I know we're not on his session yet, but when, when we were like, uh, talking to him before playbook, he, he was going to post about it. He was going to tweet about the events and he's like, he's like, yeah, I can tweet about it. But like the best thing you could do is just like email everybody who's already um, registered and just ask them to invite two or three other people. And it's like, yeah, mm. that's, that is as simple as it. Like it's like, if, if you've already said that you want to come in and you're, you're into this content in this community, like who else might be, just ask them. Right. And that's what Lisa <laughs> and the team did just to like get people to start sharing and talking.
0: That's funny. Yeah, I didn't I, I wasn't on the pre call with Seth. But like, yeah, what a what a simple idea. You know, I don't think we ask people for referrals enough. And it's something I used to do in the consulting business. When I had a services business, I was asking every every time i would do a project i'm like well do you know any other businesses that could benefit from this and there everyone is like oh yeah let me introduce you to this person and this person like we just had drinks the other night and like they they need you more than i do you know like it's it's such a simple way to get business so i love that all right so then we wrapped up right with with seth with seth. seth was the the um the you know the 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 cap at the end of the day and what what an awesome guy! What a cool conversation! I mean, he has twenty best selling books. Uh, he he was sitting uh, in a in a view just like yours with the bookshelves in the back. Except the difference was he wrote every book on his bookshelves <laughs> in the back. <laughs> and so he you'd uh, recognize you know the, the linchpin and the you know the purple
1: yeah. cow and like the the famous covers of his books. And well, he said that though, yeah, we, we opened it up with him asking uh, a question. We were like, all right, so you've got all these best-selling books. Right. And, and like his books influence so many people. They're great. Right. And people look to them as the book that like changed their lives. And so we asked Seth, like, what is the book that changed your life? And his answer was the book that will change your life is the, uh, the most is the book that you write yourself. Right. Yeah. How do you feel about that?
0: hundred percent. I mean, you know, when I like this book, my book only came out last year, but I was writing it in my head for the last 20 years, you know? And so when you finally get that on paper, the, it's a really pivotal milestone and how this book has influenced Tranual as a company, the, you know, tens of thousands of people or whatever that have, have read a copy of it. Uh, the opportunities it's given me for, for speaking or for, you know, being on, on other shows, you know, so much of it is, is life-changing, not just personally or financially, but it's, it's, you're making a difference. It's impactful. And it's impacted me certainly more than any single book that I've read um, just by nature of how it's, you know, impacted my day-to-day and what I'm doing. So I a hundred percent agree but he didn't totally cop out. He did give some, some other suggestions. So if you want to see Seth's suggestions, you can read, read a little bit about that. Um, we talked about writer's block. We talked about creativity and like, does it end? And I, I loved his perspective there. Cause he's written something like what, eight years of daily blog posts or 10 years of daily blog posts. How- More than that. I mean, it's like 8,000. Oh, 8,000, 8,000 uh, posts every single day. Gosh. And, and you think, how do you possibly have new content every single day? Well, at the beginning of this, we opened up with talking about collect experiences. And I think if you're the type of person that's aware of the experiences you're collecting, you know, if you're aware of the dialogue that you're having with people of your thoughts throughout the day, you know, you could be stopped at a red light and look over and notice something and it triggers a lesson or a thought that you can be creative about that was a huge unlock for me actually we went to that conference that was talking about you know content production with jeremy and and a big unlock was just you know what is a an action a so- something in your daily life that prompts a lesson that makes you think oh this applies to other areas in my life you know like how does this challenge of what i'm doing when i'm running and i trip on a rock or something how does that apply to other areas of my life? And you can really just make these simple lessons, these nuggets that become incredible, raw material for writing, whether it's a blog or a recording all my little tiny daily episodes come from that sort of inspiration. And it's not that I have a bank of 8000 ideas like Seth Godin. Uh, it's that every day or a couple of days, I'm coming up with new ones. And that's the mindset, I think that he was really advocating.
1: I think that's an awesome way to also hone your um your analogy skills which are uh, <laughs> yeah. which are at the core of great communication, speaking, marketing, etc.
0: Yeah. So he he used the jazz musician analogy, right? Because yeah. it was just like, you know, you you keep learning, you get better as an artist, like, you know, there's there's you know, levels and levels and levels of, of being a musician. And, and he talked about that a little, um, it was also fun that he, we were emailing back and forth about like, uh, audio speakers and stuff that, that he, he is interested in. And so it's, it's always fun to talk to someone like this and then just realize you have like totally obscure things in common or, or things that don't get written about in, in all the books. And so I, I love being able to dig into someone's personal interests too.
1: And, and around the, the like consistent output of content, like forcing yourself to share your message and share your ideas, right? Like that is another way to find your audience in the way that we talked about Caitlin, finding the audience for the giving keys, right? It's another way to find your, your people. And what Seth spoke to with that is like, it, it matters more to matter to a few than be seen by many, Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I think in this world of just social media and and influence and unicorns and all of that, where we, it seems like so many are chasing volume over impact. And, um, and and we even knew this actually just looking at like the attendees of this year versus last year, like we actually had more people register for last year's playbook event, but we had more people attend this year's playbook events because we found a, a, a tighter community who connected more with the content we presented this year. Right,
0: right. Yeah, de- definitely an upgrade. All right. So that brings us to day two. Uh, we've only got, I, I was just looking at the clock, we've got like eight minutes left to record this. And so we're going to have to race through this. So let me just rattle off day two, kind of the lineup. We started with. Uh, the unveiling of some new product features. You know, the, this is our annual event where we're announcing some cool things in the product. That was super fun. What did you, um, you announce real quick, hit list. So we talked about the role chart ro- where you can take all of your res- roles, responsibilities and build not just an org chart with your people, but a role chart of how those roles interact with each other, which is super impactful when you're building your future, the future of your organization. You know, when one person wears a lot of hats, You can have one person that sits in a lot of roles but you can visualize that through our new feature so that was really exciting and then we rolled out trainual tags see if i have one within reach i don't they're in my backpack uh the little physical tags that you can put anywhere in your office on your equipment and your trucks and your inventory with your customer locations and touch your phone with a near-field communication, kind of like an Apple Pay, uh, to pop up your trainual content right on the phone. So that's been really exciting to be shipping physical products out. Then we announced our uh, Trainual Capture, which is a browser uh, extension that lets you record everything you're doing in your screen and kind of writes the steps for you. We announced Trainual Context, which lets you access any of your trainual content um, anywhere on the internet based on the URL that it pops up on the page. So you have the info you need wherever you need it. Uh, and then we had a certification program that we brought live. So if you go to trainduel.com slash get certified, you can for free become a power user and the champion at your organization and get a little badge put on LinkedIn and all that sort of stuff. So,
1: and then, uh, e-signatures cause we had oh, yeah. and a doc right on day, day one. So, um, so Makita is, is an integration partner now with uh, with PandaDoc fueling e-signatories on the policies.
0: Yeah, so jam-packed. So we announce all that stuff. Then you go into uh, a quick um, Montel, our friend Montel. If anybody wasn't at Playbook 2021, uh, go onto Spotify right now, Apple Music, wherever you get your music, search for Montel Jordan and Trainual. And instead of the, this is how I do it, you know, you're going to find... Uh, this is how you do it, which is a remix with us. And so Montel has been a friend of the company. Uh, he is now a partner, you know, has, has stock in the company and it's been so fun to collaborate with him. So you and him talked on, on his car ride. We already talked about, yeah, some,
1: we, some- we, we hit that, but yeah, everybody check it out on Spotify. <laughs> <There> <laughs> Montel and Drenual.
0: There you go. Uh, we brought in uh, Candy Valentino and Connie S Falls, amazing uh, consultants, thought leaders. You know, talking about uh, just this current market and how to, uh, you know, how to approach documentation. They got real tactical on how to how to actually document the knowledge in your business. Dan yeah. Tyre, who is a friend of mine, and. You know, employee six at HubSpot, incredible guy. He kind of invented the term marketing, sales and marketing working together. I think he says Uh He puts
1: a CH in there. I, um, I would say Dan. Dan's uh, single quote that matters more for the entirety of anybody doing sales right now uh, than anything else is help don't sell, right? Yeah. I'm so sick of every single... DM from every cold contact on LinkedIn. I'm sick of every cold email because it's all the same playbook. It's played out and it's bad. It's a bad playbook. (laughs) So help don't sell.
0: Yes. What we call them, um, bad operating procedures or bops,
1: broken, broken operating. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Broken BOPS. too many bops. Uh, and then we finished day two with Ali Webb, of course, co founder of the dry bar, uh, incredible scaling story. Um, all of these are worth a listen, and they'll all be separate episodes on this podcast. And we also had cool sessions mixed in for actual train your customers. So we don't have to get too deep into that. But. Um, if you use the trainal product, there are sessions of just a total teardown of customer accounts, rebuilding customer accounts. We did an extreme home makeover edition of somebody's account. We had customer awards, featured our top top people. So it was really fun to just see how people are using the product.
1: The whirlwind of
0: a couple of days. It was crazy. So, Next year we're gonna do it all again. (laughs) We've done it now. That'll be year four. Um, I don't know if you saw this, Jonathan. I posted something on Instagram uh, in a story of renewing all the domains because we have the domains like Playbook 2022 and 2023 and 2020. I think through 2030. And and when I posted that, I had like three people message me that's like I just bought 2031. (laughs) I'm like, oh great, awesome. So. I, I we'll have to change the name eventually a decade out or maybe we'll be doing something different. We'll be meeting in the the metaverse instead instead of uh instead of on a URL. Maybe the URL doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. All right, this has been so fun. I love doing these casual recaps with you, Jonathan. Uh, hopefully, anybody that's listening took some some replay nuggets away from just our. Uh, You know, what's what's still racking around in our brains, but um, definitely go watch the full sessions. If anything caught your attention, look it up on YouTube. Um, These are great commute material. They're great for your your morning walks or runs or your treadmill or whatever you do while you're cleaning the house uh awesome content and uh like dan Tyre said we're trying to help as much as possible that's why we do this because we want to help your business succeed we want to help your business grow we want to help it be more organized so that you're a little less stressed out and that's that's what we do any final words jonathan
1: no no i think you you said it well uh definitely tune into the sessions and and get the real uh real content This was just the appetizer, but no, thanks for, uh, for having me. This was fun. Great uh, recap. And I'll see you, uh, maybe for lunch on Sunday. I fly in around 1230.
0: All right. That sounds good. You're going to need some calories before that crazy (laughs) Canyon run.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right, Jonathan, thanks for coming
0: on. Everyone else, we'll see you next time on the next Organized Chaos Live. Be sure to check out our episodes Monday through Friday, Monday through Thursday, quick nuggets and Friday longer interviews like this one. Thank you so much for following along. Reach out to me on LinkedIn, on Instagram, at Chris Ronzio. I'll see you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to Organized Chaos. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, or share it with anyone in your network that you think could benefit from this information. For episode show notes, podcast recaps, and tons of other small business news and inspiration, check out The Manual. That's trainual.com backslash manual.